0: Okay, everybody, welcome to this interview follow-up podcast episode where we're talking about lethal tests. Lethal tests. Uh, if you haven't done so already, go back and listen to her interview. Geez, what a dynamic lady, Ali. She's uh, she's done a lot in her life. Uh, Olympian, politician, so many achievements in her life. What a wonderful woman. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, even if you're um, if you're disabled or not. Just go and listen to that for half an hour and I guarantee you, you'll have more energy at the end of that half an hour, just listening to her
0: speak. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. I don't know how she's fit it all into her life. Uh, she's just a seven time Olympian and uh Paralympian, unbelievable with the basketball and, um, sailing and, uh, multiple, um, gold medalists, silver medalists, bronze medalists, and now uh, representing Gosford uh, as a politician uh, in, the, in the state government. Uh, she's yeah. a dynamic lady and doing so much for for the community. It was fantastic Actually, to listen to.
1: It's interesting because, again, I want people to go back to listen to that episode because you'll see the type of person she is. Sometimes ex-athletes get a little bit of a negative um, reputation if they go into politics or something like that. Um, but she deserves every bit of it she's an absolute go-getter and um and and one thing I guess to even I guess segue onto the, the conversation um the thing that actually highlighted for me in the beginning was she was a very athletic sporty person and what she said was that whole environment of being around the wheelchair athletes was the um was the, the sort of express kind of recovery um or, or rehab because she was amongst a community of people that were just, as she said, living standard lives, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, playing sport, doing this, and there was just a wheelchair there, but that was just it, you know? So that, I thought that's pretty pretty good, um, like, I guess, even recommendation for people, get into sports, you know, get into act- activeness, and there's a whole ready-made community ready to go.
0: Yeah, even if it is um, a disability association that you're getting involved in, you do get to experience other people's lives and how they're living their lives. And that's what she reflected on. She she saw people with disabilities when she first got to the basketball stadium, but then she also saw how they were getting on and and living full lives with girlfriends and cars and, and, and so on and so forth. It was uh, a great energetic thing that she said. It was wonderful. Yeah, and
1: another interesting thing of that, I guess I thought a little bit of like, I guess, the athlete mentality, but also a bit of that old school mentality, which we've seen with a couple of the guys like like Peter as well. Um, When there wasn't any resources, you just kind of had to make it work. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have like the OTs and you didn't have those. I mean, she had some stuff, but it was very basic and no funding, none of that stuff. So no hand controls, you know, no, that stuff, just get into it and figure it out, you know? So if you couldn't use yourself, you you couldn't, you know, like you just had to do it.
0: Yeah, so we didn't we didn't uh, ask her whether she ever tried hand controls before she got her license, and we we probably should have asked that question, but it didn't sound like it. It sounded yeah. like she just wanted to get her license, so she jumped in a car and with her orthotics, her AFOs, her ankle foot orthotics, and uh, and taught herself how to drive with her family and friends and so forth, and and uh, went and sat her test without any intervention from any health professionals, um, along the way. And, you know, it's, it's still happening today and we, yeah, applaud the people that that get out and have a go. That's for sure. Yeah. So.
1: And I think the thing I, I really like to highlight about that is, so even as Liesl said, I mean, I, I was remembering when I was a kid as well, like she said, you know, we only had the one car, we didn't have much money, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, like I remembered when I was in, a kid in the eighties, I, we also only had one car because that's all we could afford. And there was no such thing as car loans, personal loans, like that kind of stuff didn't even, no one even knew what that was, right? So if you didn't have the money in your bank account to buy a car, you didn't have a car. That was it. You know, like the, 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 it was a very simple scenario, you know? Um, so I guess the, the the situation today though, is that if you want to buy a car, you can go get a loan. You know, you can, you can, um, you can get so much access to stuff if you want to get products you can get funding, you know, you can get so much access and we get people complaining, oh, they don't fund the car or they don't fund this. But but look, that lethal story 30 years ago, they had nothing. You know, you couldn't even
0: get a car. You know, you just had to figure out the family car, you know. He had a friend that, dro- that dropped her off at uni every day to backwards and forwards. And, you know. Yeah. Weird. So we have so
1: much more available now. We've got Cars we want like like uh, was it um, Jack that we spoke to? You know, mm-hmm. he got himself a Hyundai. Probably got it on a car loan, maybe not. Doesn't matter. But the point is, is he had he, at a young guy, was able to in our society go and buy a, a, a relatively modern car. You know, and yeah. thirty years ago, that wasn't even something you thought about because it was just not even an option on the table. So, just to me, I guess it's more encouragement. I guess the theme of this podcast is get out there and try stuff. Um, you really don't have an excuse not to you know <laughs> you know what I mean like it's um, there's so much stuff out there and so many cars and everything is so much easier to access than people like Liesl that um, then you know why not?
0: Yeah well let's get into how she actually drives because uh, that's what this episode is all about is reflecting on those uh, details about the, the actual driving the actual getting out and about um, So let's let's reflect on that. So she doesn't use hand controls she uses, her, her feet on the pedal. She's a incomplete spinal cord injury. Uh, she's got some movement in her thighs and, um, and in her, well, be her buttocks and hip flexors and so forth as well. Uh, but then below the knee is where she's got more dysfunction in her foot. And that's why she's got the ankle foot orthotics to keep her ankle in a fixed position. So she's able to stand on them. But when it comes to driving, she's actually using them uh, in to press the pedals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we
1: mentioned just before this was um, what she's done is, I guess she's not using aids on the car. She's using aids on the person, you know? Um, So there is still some kind of assistive technology going on. may not be high tech, like a lot of the new stuff that you see, but it's still a form of assistive technology um, or AT. And and um, and I guess it's important to highlight that there is still something there. Um, the thing is, though, it was interesting, which you pointed out as well. Um, she has had to also evolve to use other senses in her body, so that's almost like a pseudo assistive technology in a way, because she's heightening the other parts of her body and the other senses to to give herself this direction um, to be able to use those, those controls. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm sure will, we can't see inside her brain. We can't, we can't scan her brain, but I'm sure, I'm sure that the se- other senses part of her brain may be a little bit larger than mine uh, when it comes to driving. Yeah. She I'm sure she'd be tuning into how the car is reacting based on her foot, rather than that feel of that touch yeah. on the pedal. I and, mean, she
1: verified that as well. And, and that's the thing. Like she, Um, But what was interesting, she never really thought about it, you know, that was all the get on, get on with life sort of thing. And, And then once we started discussing, she started going, yeah, actually, I don't have the full sensations and, and I am using other senses and so on and so forth. So perfect example of that, you know.
0: Yeah. She's old school uh, in regards to how long ago she got her license. I wonder if she's actually got it on her license that she needs to wear or her orthotics. She did hint that on occasion she doesn't wear her orthotics uh, because they're giving her nerve pain um, and so forth. And she uh, hinted that she drove. I wonder if it is actually a restriction on her license to wear her orthotics. These days it probably um, it would be a restriction on your license previously people just had hand controls on license but now it's becoming a little bit more specific in regards to what type of hand controls or where the spinner knob has to be with or without a spinner knob and so forth so i just want people to be aware that you may if you're going to drive with orthotics and you go to get your license they're probably going to restrict you to always drive with a especially here in south australia with your orthotics on um
1: I mean, it's the same in New South Wales. What, what, um, what's happened is, like you mentioned, um, and I've actually seen it very rapidly, particularly since NDIS has come out, but there has been a huge evolution of the requirements. Um, so, yeah, people like Liesl, I would hazard a guess, there's nothing on her license. It's mm-hmm. probably just, just it is what it is. And because that's kind of what it was in those days, as she said, you had to figure it out, but that was the same to the license authorities and all of them. They were like, look, you figured it out it's fine you know like we don't really we don't know what to do with this either you know so Mm -hmm. if you're driving you're happy we're happy you know so that was kind of that general attitude and we I know that um with the mobility engineering supplier hat even in the very beginning days of NDIS like 2013-2014 there was none of that stuff you know there was nothing for the licenses I remember people would say oh what do I do with the state authority we just say I don't know just go talk to them and they don't seem to have a procedure they just ask you a couple of questions and if gets to put it on your license it does or it doesn't but now as you said um it's much more uh, clear like even in particularly in new south wales i know if it's going to have some kind of um implication from a um like a regulatory point of view or adr or uh, compliance point of view, you actually have to have a very, very specific letter um, of the products that has an authority that these products, specific products, you know, this make and model of product will go in this vehicle, in this position for this person. And once they're not using it, they have to reverse it, you know? So, and, and I guess the thing I'm, I'm trying to point out really here and get to is Lisa was saying that she sometimes drives without it on because it gives her pain. And then we got into the discussion that you need to keep trying stuff out so it doesn't give you pain. Yeah. So, so if you if you if you've done everything properly, if you've gone and done all those trials and you've gone gone and done everything, there's no reason why it shouldn't be on your license, and it wouldn't actually cause you any issues or, or any drawback because you've done all the trials, you've done everything properly, you know, and you've you've tried everything, you know, and and found out okay. And persistence, as she said, you might need six to twelve months to figure it out, you know, like it's mm-hmm. um.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, you, you that's a good point. Don't you shouldn't nobody should be driving with pain. Whether it's their shoulder pain from having to control the steering wheel, or they're getting niggles when they're having to use hand controls, or even if it was uh, Liza and it was causing a hip pain because she's using more hip than I would use because I use my ankle movement to be able to get that small amount of pressure. She has to, she has to use her back and and hips. So, yeah, you know, so she might be getting some lower lumbar pain from actually having to hold her leg up in the air. And and these are all the things that really should be looked out for. Um, but like she said, one of the main things, and she really um, zoned in on this. If you're a wheelchair user, you've got to look after your shoulders. and I, That's come up multiple times in this podcast already. Um, looking after your shoulders for your longevity uh, in life. So you can actually keep on, Keep on getting out and about when you're when you're older and getting on in life uh, is is vital.
1: Yeah. It, it actually was interesting though because um, I felt like she had a slightly different perspective to um, Peter Simmons, yes. which we spoke to. You know yes. that was really interesting because he was he he also was older. He was older than lethal but um, it was interesting because he seemed to. I remember him saying that you know the OTs and everyone told him, look, you're gonna mm. have all these issues when you're older. And he, he does have those issues, but he actually doesn't regret it. And, no. um, and he was very happy that he lived the life that he did. Yeah. But it seemed like Liesl was kind of hinting more towards, you know, um, get the right stuff because I'm being limited by these things, you know, and she was really harping on about that.
0: Everyone's an individual, isn't it? Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah. What it that's what it highlights. And um, if people want to go jump off of cliffs with a parachute, Oh, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. There's no way that I'm going to do that. But people choose to do these things and and potentially injure themselves. And I guess it's no different when we come to this. If it gives you the freedom and the and the, the lifestyle that you want, then as long as you're making an informed choice, I'm not sure if all base jumpers are making the informed choice. I don't know, but I don't do that. But uh, if you're making an informed choice, then it's it's an informed choice and it's your choice yeah yeah and that's that's a real big theme of the ndis
1: and even um lisa did mention a couple of things about the whole choice and control and, and so on right so so it is but i think what then happens is uh, to be honest probably i don't envy the ots in that situation because you've got to be very very clear on your communication and and i guess also getting that feedback that the user understands the implications on a long term you know because you might have someone who's had an experience that they've driven right and they're so excited about that I mean you've probably had this as well Brad there you've had someone that's so excited and they're so scared that you might stop that opportunity from going forward that they will BS their way out of anything you know right. um, so as the, as the therapist it's your role to kind of have that x-ray vision almost to kind of it's, it's bloody hard, but you almost have to be thinking, what are these guys thinking? You know, like what is, what's going on more than just behind the scenes, you know, in between the
0: lines. Yeah, there's a, then there's the next step on from it as well. So it's, it's about looking through the BS and, and making sure that they are making an informed decision. And if they make an informed decision and choose something that you wouldn't recommend, uh, you've got to make sure it's safe, but there may be a better product or a better solution But as long as the first one is safe, then um, who are we to say that then they shouldn't be recommended this through the NDIS, but then it actually goes to the NDIS as well. And then they've got an opinion to make of whether it's worthwhile and value for money and whether it's going to be a, a good solution value for money wise for the next five to eight years. Sometimes you can do all of these tests and trials and it suits their lifestyle but then it hits a hurdle when it actually gets to the NDIS, and they've got their own opinion about what is an appropriate product for for the client for the next, yeah, for the next eight years. Um, yeah. And we've come across that turn uh, too. I mean, your background photo at the moment is the turnout seat, and uh, we've recommended the turnout seat. But then it's got to NDIS, and they're saying, "Well, well no, we think a better solution is actually a wheelchair accessible van, uh, where the person's in their wheelchair and We've had to go through multiple uh, backwards and forwards with the NDIS to actually show that, no, that's, that's not a good decision from the NDIS point of view because it doesn't suit their lifestyle. So it doesn't suit what they're going to be able to do uh, long-term. You might have an opinion that the person needs to be in a power wheelchair, but they've got an opinion that they're never going to use a power wheelchair. So um, it's, you know, as an OT, you're sometimes stuck. It's hard. It. Yeah.
1: But, but that's where actually uh, what I'm thinking of is, The episode that we did with Catherine Ray. Was that last week or the week? It was one of the last interviews we did. But go back and listen to that, particularly if you're a therapist, because she was working on the other side as as an assessor and with assessors and things like that. And she gave some gold in that episode about what to put in your reports. And it was most of it is actually counterintuitive to the way that the therapist's brain works. You know, um, the therapist and the mechanical engineer, who I am, work very similarly, very very kind of analytical, methodical, you know, um, ticking boxes and going through things and, and 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 justifying things, whereas didn't seem like that was the main thing.
0: It was more selling the story of this lifestyle and this is how it's gonna work. You know, that's well, the same with G as well. Go back and listen to that one as well. And she she introduced us to the impact statement for for her and her and her daughter, and how that product was actually going to uh, impact their life. And and she worked so hard in those early stages with the NDIS to try and get um, certain products to meet their lifestyle needs. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 And theirs was a, again, it was a product that, that was being told, go get a wheelchair accessible vehicle. Um, but no, they, um, they, they knew that that was not the best thing for them, you know, and they fought for it. So, um, so yeah. And, and this it's that was a big theme of what Lisa was talking about. Fight for what you want. What's right for you, and and um, and and speak up and say no, this is not right. It's not comfortable, or it's not good, or I want something different, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. That's the whole point of what's going on in NDIS and, and so on is giving you that voice and giving you that confidence. You know, so it's um, it's very important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of other little things that I want to talk about with the orthotics. Let's get it back uh, to Liesel and her story. Um, yep. There are different types of orthotics out there, and getting the right orthotic. <laughs> could make a massive difference between hand controls and not hand controls. And the big difference between hand controls and not hand controls is your choice of vehicle. If the, if the assistive aid is on you and your person, then you can drive any car. And if you're restricted to hand controls, then you're restricted to a car with hand controls. Um, so the right personal product, the right orthotic, can make a massive, massive difference in regards to lifestyle and choice moving forward, whether it's hire cars, whether it's buying your new car into the future, so many different levels of opportunity. Um, So let's just talk about the types of orthotics that are out there, Um, because if you've got some um, movement or no movement in your right ankle, then this could lead to a massive difference for you. There, I asked Lisa whether she's got a hinged or a static uh, AFO. Um, and she said she's got a static one, which means that um, the, the the bit that goes underneath her foot doesn't hinge with the bit that goes behind her calf. So it's like a the letter L or the upside down number seven. And she places her foot or a heel into that bend. And then she puts her foot into her uh, custom shoes to be able to fit all of that in there there's no there's no movement in that ankle joint at all when uh, when her, she's got her orthotics on um some people get a little bit of plantar flexion so that's the actual pushing their toes away from you um, that's what plantar flexion is um pushing the toes away from you if you've got foot drop you may have plantar flexion but you may not have dorsiflexion, which is bending the toes back towards you. Um, and having the right orthotic, if you can have plantar flexion, then you might be able to press into the pedals, but then you can't lift your toes off the pedals. And if we can get a hinged orthotic or an elastic orthotic, then there's, there may be potential for you to drive with no hand controls whatsoever. Yeah. And, and the benefit of that is, as you said, the, one of the big kind of
1: um, complaints we always get about hand controls and people using hand controls is travelling. Um, yeah. It just is almost impossible. And you could hear, hear her story travelling all around the world. Um, it's one less barrier, you know, and um, one less barrier not having to have those hand controls. You've still got the aids, but they're on you rather than, um, you know, so it's, I thought it was a pretty, um, I guess, my my thought process always goes to equipment on the car because I'm a car engineer. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a really good learning about, um, you know, you can actually uh, solve with AT on the
0: body, you know. oh no, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. There's another product out there that we should just really touch on. It's, it's, it's still an AFO, but it's a little bit different. It's a foot up and there's multiple different types of foot ups now. Um, a foot up is more of an elastic. So what it does is it either attaches underneath or through your shoelace eyelets and the elastic literally pulls Your shoelaces back up for you, and you can push into the elastic if you've got plantar flexion. But the elastic pulls it back up. Okay, and we have had great success with that product to be able to drive if you've got a foot drop. So have a consideration for orthotics that are out there. Uh, And you need special shoes for them. They don't need special shoes. Um, You know, if you just keep talking for a second, I can actually for people that listen to this uh, through YouTube. Um, or we can put a link to it as well. I'll go grab it and uh, okay. we can actually. Well, I will.
1: I will explain. The reason why I was asking that is um, one thing which I've been following online is um, Nike uh, has been investing quite a lot of resources into building an accessible range of shoes. Um, yeah. And, and and basically, there's a whole. I've seen a whole bunch of different designs, and it looks like, for example, if you did have these orthotics um you um yeah like this the, the shoe is able to act like you can put it on a lot easier you know so
0: yeah uh, i'm just trying to get the focus in on here there we go oh come on camera all right so <laughs> um so this one here uh is one of the products that are out there uh so this is uh, a rebound foot up uh this one's by i think you say that name oh osu also yeah um but what it does is it literally can you see that there it literally goes around your ankle um, and attaches to your shoelaces and that elastic pulls pulls the shoe back up to your to your chin oh, yeah. basically that's, that's really cool. yeah it is really cool and um, so if you can imagine this bit here, uh, the little eyelet you can actually screw that through the little hole where your shoelace goes through, um, yeah, okay. and then just yeah. connect it up around your ankle. And what that does is it it does the dorsiflexion for you. It pulls your toes back off the pedal, so yeah. you can push against the elastic. And you can it's actually adjustable. You can actually adjust the length of the elastic as well to be able to increase or decrease tension. Okay, so that that tighter you pull it, the more it's going to pull up and the more you have to struggle against the elastic. So it can come a bit more of a, a static uh, AFO for you when you go to walk. But then when it comes to driving, you can loosen it off a little bit and then you, you get a little bit more range to push into the pedals and it makes it a little bit freer for you as well. Um, so that product can make a massive difference for somebody if they're tossing up hand controls and they've got a foot drop of some sort or a, a, in lethal case, a, an incomplete spinal injury. So mm. um, yeah, get out there and, and talk to your therapist really. There's, and if your therapist doesn't know about this kind of stuff, maybe introduce them, maybe they haven't come across it yet. Uh, and then see if, it, if it's gonna be the right product for you because we know, and it's been mentioned, I can't remember which interview it was actually, in there, but the um, clients introducing uh, the OTs to products and then the product yeah. goes, oh, yes, that is a good product. Yes, yeah, that yeah. does work. Yeah, and that happens. Well, look,
1: as, as Liesl said, there's products from... I mean, I, I do agree with her in terms of pushing for local manufacturing, but at the same time, like she said, she's been to Sarajevo and Italy and all these different funky products. And think about it, there's seven plus billion people all around the world. You're going to have some pretty cool, innovative stuff around there. So... So yeah, like keep searching and, and keep the mind open because you'll probably find particularly what we're finding now. Um, like I found in the last probably, again, with our mobility engineering hat on, in the last three to five years, a lot of the products that we've started to sell in Australia has been because the customer has come and said, hey, go from this company and I've found this. And so a lot of the disability community, they spend a lot of their time online. Okay. Um, and so they're probably a much better resource than what you think. Um, and don't be afraid to listen to that. And and that's a sometimes again, it uh, just depends on the therapist or the modifier. Sometimes some people sort of shun a little bit at the cu- customer and thinking, "Oh, what do they know? I'm the professional." But think mm-hmm. about it that, like, like we've seen it so many times, particularly with the carers, that they uh, outdo the professionals all the time with all their knowledge, you know, because they're on the line and and this is their life every day, you know. So, yeah. um, so listen to that.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, don't be afraid if you're an OT listening to this. Don't be afraid to be introduced to something by a by a client. They, they really do like, yeah, they spend a lot of time online researching their own products and so forth. Sometimes they'll come to you with the uh, right aid. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll come to you with an idea that just won't work, whether it's the vehicle, whether it's uh, not um, not appropriate for Australian uh, road design and standards. Um, but it's a lot of other times it will work. And absolutely, yeah.
1: All right, should we wind up? Maybe we should uh, wrap it up from here, eh?
0: Yeah, it was a great one. I, I really enjoyed uh, Liesl and, and if you want to get uh, Liesl back on, let us know. Um, we had lots of unanswered questions in regards to maybe even the NDIS and, and oh, about her life or about how she drives. So if you've got any further questions, uh, we will put the um, email to her if you want to talk about something from a political viewpoint where she's shared her um, MP office email with us and we'll put that in the show notes so if you'd like to get in contact with her you can um, and don't be afraid because like I actually how we got that interview
1: was I literally emailed her on that um, Gosford at New South Wales Parliament or whatever it was so my point is is she's actually listening and responding to all those emails you know so Um, So, you know, there might be people that you might think, oh, no, they don't listen, blah, blah, blah. But I've actually had personal experience with her and she's very, very passionate. And just go listen
0: to the episode. You will have no doubts about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've got any other feedback for us or anybody that you might think would be worthwhile coming on and being interviewed, make sure you get in contact with us. Um, Probably through our Facebook page is the best place to do that. Uh, Go and search for the Drive Able podcast two separate words or an underscore in between uh and go and search for that it'll come up and you can uh personal message us and we'll 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 certainly get back to you and uh yeah if you've got a contact for us to interview then don't be afraid to to introduce us yeah
1: and as we say in every episode uh and this was a huge theme of uh, this episode and Liesl's uh, episode as well If you have any queries about what you can do and what will work for you, get in contact with your local OT or mobility dealer and set yourself up with a trial. And if the trial doesn't work, keep going out and keep trying Right, Trials uh, really do put you in that driver's seat. So
0: yeah. All right, Ali. Thanks very much. And see you in the next episode, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able podcast with Brad Williams and Ali Akbarian. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability, or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes, or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Driveable Podcast for more information.